Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing okay. Hope everybody's doing okay. So y'all already know who this is. This is Miss J Speaks Talk Show and Podcast with my who over here. With my co-host, who? Janet Brown. Janet Brown. <laughs> yes. We are in here. <clears throat> y'all got to excuse me because y'all probably know <clears throat> that we both been a little under the weather. So <clears throat> we're going to get through this segment tonight real quick. Okay. So you saw the, um, the flyer and black, white, um, and more. Where do I fit in? That's the topic. That's basically biracial. And Karika say hello, everyone. Thank you, Karika. Hello. Thank hey, you for coming Karika. in here. Thank you all the ones that's watching. Thank you all so much. And the one that's watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Please make sure that you like, share, like, follow, share, and subscribe. And hit that bell so you can get notified. <clears throat> all right. So we're going to kick it off with giving the definition of biracial. And it is a multiracial or biracial person is someone whose parents or ancestors are from different racial backgrounds. Over time, many terms have been used to describe those that have a multiracial background. But that's, that's it in a nutshell. Someone whose parents parents or ancestors are from a different racial background. That's what biracial mixed, whatever word you want to call it, means. What you got to add, Miss Janet? Yeah, because that's, um, and it's a beautiful thing now. You know, it used to be a thing that, you know, it was like, if you had a different nationality, that's the racial background than the other person, then, you know, especially if it was mixed with black, it was a troubling situation, you know, but now it's so, it's so norm now that the whole world is like beige, okay? But the topic is based on where do I fit in? And the reason why I thought it was such a wonderful topic for us, because I have a very interracial family and, you know, it's just, it just seems like at times things get confusing because it's either they sway to the left or they have to sway to the right. Which side am I and where do I fit in in either side? You know, am I black or am I white? What if you look at society today, if you've got an ounce of black in you, you're considered as black. You know, so whether you mix with Asian, Caucasian, you know, uh, Latino, you're considered as black. If you look at applications where you fill out an application, it doesn't really you know, it don't give you much to go on. So when this when this bi biracial person goes to have to choose, uh, which are they going to choose? Are they going to choose white or they're going to choose black? That's right. They have they sway with the they hang out with the the black part of the family. You're black. I don't care what you say. You're black. If they hang out with the white, you know you're white. So where do I fit in? We got to understand that people that are in that situation, it's kind of hard from our perspective, because if you look at us, we're black. Is that? Yes. In the realistic part, if you look at it and you do the origin of every person on the earth, we're all biracial. 
But see, they don't look at the, the really the origin of where we all come from because we came from two human pair and that's where we really are. But in the society that we live in today, that's not where it is. So it's a tugging thing that goes on in the mind of biracial people. I did some research on it and I came up with this wonderful young lady that shared her story on YouTube and it was so phenomenal. I asked Miss J, can you, can she share it with you all? It's an 18 minute video, but I'm telling you, it's very heart touching. Yes, I have a little granddaughter is. here that's biracial and uh, I, she was colored in a color book today. I wanted to share this with you too, uh, uh, Miss J. Okay. Uh, before we came on, I was gonna share it with you. And she was coloring and then she got the color. I said, well, what color are you gonna color the, the face of the, the lady? And she said, uh, I'm gonna color, I'm gonna color this this one right here. And it was a crayon that was basically like almost white. It was so beige. I said, Well, why don't you color the crayon, color the lady's face with brown crayon, you know, like your mom and I. Yeah. She said, No, but I like this one better. Well, this young lady, it, this young lady on this YouTube hit her the hammer right on the head. She said, though that she was biracial. She seen what families were going through, what they had to go through. As growing up as a biracial child, she didn't want to be black. I want to share y'all with also, Ms. J, you okay? I'll remove myself real quick. Hold on. Okay. I also want to share with y'all, there's a wonderful book by Sarah Valentine, and it's called When I Was White. This book, I've been reading this book. And the reason why I read it because I want to help my grandchildren. I have several grandchildren that are, you know, by in biracial uh, marriages and, you know, the children. Okay. And this is a wonderful book that, you know, where a lady actually shared her story, you know, you know, about growing up. She said, when I was white, but really she was biracial, but she was raised first, like she as if she was just white. So you can see how this could be very confusing in the mind, you know, and how it could be troubling. It has its pluses, but it mostly has its negatives. Also, I was watching a movie, Queen. Queens is uh, ran by Alex Haiti, Healy, and his grandmother was actually Queen. And it told a phenomenal story about, you know, being in a biracial uh, situation. Um, even though it was time within the race, during that time, it was uh, due to the fact of slavery. But she grew up in a house with Massa, and Massa was her daddy, who was a Caucasian man. Her mother was a slave, was a black woman. But he wanted her to be in the house, okay? So she grew up thinking she was white, and she thinking she was worthy, and which she is. But during that time and era, it was not equal. So she was very confused. I suggest that all y'all go watch that on YouTube, Queens, if you have not watched it, as many episodes. And also go and you can get this off of Amazon, this book here, like I told you, When I Was White. And this is one that we will be covering on Miss J's uh, also book club. And so y'all look out for that and make sure that you follow that uh, as well, okay? So I'm gonna turn it back over to Miss J because she is going to present the video for y'all and I hope y'all enjoy it and benefit from it. Okay, y'all, excuse me. I apologize about that. I was, I was trying to hold it. The coughing spell down, but it had to come up. I'm sorry. You okay, sis? You okay? At least you here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what I'm gonna get ready to do? I'm get ready to share the um share the video. So let me go right here. Let's see it. 
Y'all see it? There we go. Okay. Hi, I'm Gia, and I just wanted to have a chat with all you kids out there because I know that what we're going through is crazy and hard and difficult. Can you bump that volume up a little bit? It's up. I got it turned up. Okay just as much for you as it is for me so i got my volume turned up on my computer too um, to you because i feel like there's an experience that we're grappling with that is different than other people so i growing up was very <laughs> i growing up just always had people ask what are you and as much as I tried to fit in, I always had these people reminding me of how I was different. And they would ask me, like just strangers would come up to, to me on the street and look at me and say, what are you? And it would, it would shift between a kind of, ooh, you're so exotic, what are you? And a kind of aggressive, I can't figure out what you are, so you need to tell it to me. And what I learned over time is that I needed to figure out how I identify. And I identify as mixed. And I had a really hard time growing up because I, I saw all these mono-ethnic people and they would talk about their experiences and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't feel like I saw people who looked like me and identified like me. The one exception being Tiger Woods. And I remember him growing up, he would say, you know, I'm, I'm not one thing. If I, if I were to say I'm black, it means that I'm denying my mother. And, you know, it's, it's important to me to honor all of who I am. And especially for those of us who are raised predominantly by the side of our family that isn't black, I think there's this extra kind of challenge you know because it's like i i grew up in this world in this loving family with these amazing people and they are a huge part of who i am and most of how i identify most of my cultural practices most of what i'm used to like that's that's me and so for you to tell me that i'm this other thing like it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't feel right so i've spent my whole life asserting the ways and making sure people knew that I'm not black, I'm mixed. And I would do things, I mean, I still do, like I straighten my hair sometimes and I would notice the difference in the way I was treated, you know, having more ethnic ambiguity versus being perceived to be belong, belonging to a certain ethnic group. And I just, I would really challenge people who would put me in a box because I never belonged. And I feel like that's part of the identity of mixedness is that you don't feel often like you belong. Like I, I didn't belong amongst my white friends. And when I would interact with black kids at school, like they would a lot of times be so mean to me. And I just, I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And I feel like that's the classic, um, mixed kid experience is feeling like you don't belong and that's why I've always pushed so hard for this like identity our own identity that is what mixed 
is, and, but that's what feels good to me. However, um, I've been thinking about that, like since what happened with George Floyd and since what's happening around the world, I've been, there's always been this internal something and it's coming out now. And I've been had like, and I don't know if you've had this, but I've had friends reach out to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. And what I've realized is that no matter how much I've asserted myself as being mixed, so many of them have always thought of me as black. And it's been really hard for me to, to think about that and what that means because I never felt black. And I've been doing a lot of uh, research into things like white fragility and um, just around race and protesting and things. And, uh, and I've been noticing the more I've been doing that, the more people have been tagging me like, oh, black photographer, or, oh, I hire this black photographer. And it just doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like who I am and it hurts me. So I've been thinking a lot about why it hurts me. And it's hurt me because I've always this whole time felt like I've been, I would be dishonoring, I would be negating like this whole huge part of my family. But I've also realized something that I've grown up in this culture and I'm in the United States, but I believe it's the same no matter where you are in the world. I've grown up in a culture where we live, breathe, eat, sleep, racist ideology. And I've been infected by the poison of racism, just like everybody else. And while there is a part of me that does believe in, in, in having an identity as a mixed person, I'm also now accepting that part of that was to distance myself from blackness because I grew up in a culture that tells me that blackness is wrong and it's shameful and it's not as good. And and of course that's not true. And it's not my fault that I that I grew up in a culture that told me these things. But it's been impacting my behavior. And I've had to realize that I have racism that lives in me, just like everyone else. And this is the one of the ways it's been coming out. And I've always thought about, you know, people who have said, yeah, you're black, you need to own it, you're black. And I've always thought about where that comes from. And it comes from this one drop rule, right, which was meant to torture have an excuse to torture more people because as people started mixing they either became closer to whiteness or they became people that you had the right lawfully to control and i i remember watching a little bit of roots growing up and just traumatized me and ever since then i just avoided understanding that history because 
but it just felt too scary to look at because the truth is me, probably you, my cousins who have white skin, straight hair and green eyes, because we share ancestors who are black, we would have been tortured just like everybody else. And that's a really hard thing to realize when you grow up in a culture that is taught you subconsciously that because you're closer to whiteness, you're, you're not like that. And that's the truth. And I don't want to be racist. I don't think anybody wants to be racist. And so I think the responsibility is seeing it and owning it and trying to, to change it. And what I've come to learn in the last few days is that blackness is an umbrella and it includes experiences from people all over the world, people who've grown up in different experiences in the continent of Africa, people who have grown up in different experiences in the United States, the Afro-Latinos in Central and South America, people all over, all over the world, indigenous peoples all over the world. Like it's blackness is an umbrella that, that has room for people like us. And it's important right now I mean, I guess it's always been important, but I'm realizing that right now it's really important to own that and to sit under that umbrella because the more we come together and the more we support each other, the more change that can happen. And there's power in me saying, yes, I'm mixed and I'm black. I'm black. And I mean, I think about coming out as gay and I didn't even feel this much with it. I just came out and I had a party for myself and I felt great. But because of the racism that I've, I've ingested over my whole life, all these feelings of shame and fear around identifying as black and I don't feel black. I don't know what that feels like. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I've been having conversations and I had a conversation with my amazing cousin Desiree, who's also mixed, but identifies as a mixed black woman. And I said out loud for the first time, which is so embarrassing to say, but I said out loud, I'm, I don't want to be black. Oh. And, and she's amazing <laughs> and she said you know that's actually the blackest thing you've ever said because you're seeing it and owning it and starting to understand what it means and starting to look at all the lies that we've been told about what that means. And I realized that all through my life, I've been self-sabotaging because there was always a part of me that hated a part of me. And it was running from a part of me 
and I'm trying now to change that and to own that. And I really hope that one day I can do enough work where I can be proud of that part of me that I can be proud to be black. But today the best I can do is to accept it because I'm very new in this journey. And I think that's when people, when they talk about privilege of mixed kids, I think that's what they're talking about, that I could have gone 36 years without having to look at a lot of this stuff. Like, yes, it was always there, but I could bury it and, and survive and function in the world and the microaggressions and things like that. They weren't obvious. Um, and that's what they mean. Like I, I've experienced a lot of privilege and then I'm now just dealing with it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the people who have, that I've hurt unintentionally because of my own internalized racism. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry because I have these ancestors that must have just been shaking their heads the whole time. Um, but I'm doing my best and I'm trying and I would encourage all of you mixed kids, if you can, because I understand that a year ago, if somebody had told me you were black, I would have said, don't, don't talk to me. You don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't get to tell me who I am. And so I, I get that you, you, need to honor where you're at in your journey, but if you can, start to imagine yourself in that space under the black umbrella. There's power in that. And there's belief in that, in stopping the fight and knowing that like, Okay. <clears throat> Hold on, y'all. Let me stop sharing. Okay, there we are. As you can see, this was a very emotional, you know, very serious, you know, situation. And it's even, it, it, before I watched this, I already understood how serious it is. You know, like I said, I have lots of family members that are, you know, biracial, but seeing it from this point of view, you know, she's leaning one way. She feels like she's being prejudiced. She feels like she's doing some injustice to the other part of her family. This is really a serious topic, you guys, today. And I just thought it was important that we share it with you. She created this video that she said, I made this video in hopes that it will reach people who need to see. Let me put on my better glasses because those may be cute, but they're not doing the, they're not doing the job, okay? There we go. And then there was light. She said, I made this video in hopes that it will reach the people who need to see it and feel and feel seen. So feel free to share it if you feel compelled to and know that regardless of your personal experience, sharing this message is a beautiful act of generosity that is appreciated. So if you are mixed or biracial or multiracial, uh, this video is definitely for you. Yeah, I know it was a lot of feedback in the video so I will leave the link so that you guys can follow and hear her story. If you can relate to that, you probably can benefit from it because she also has 
uh, some different places that you can go and they're trying to form a group for biracial children. You know, so, you know, it's good to have somewhere to go where people are like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's good to form women groups, you know, where we can go there and vent and encourage and build, you know, each other. You know, it's good to have that. Like they got men clubs, you know, so everybody needs somewhere to go. Somebody where they can be encouraged and built up. You know what I'm saying? It's very, very important. But also I want to share something that I felt that was really, really important. That I felt that was personally important. Um, before, you know, I just left it out of here for me. I know Miss J has numerous of things that she want to share with you guys, but you know, I'm always coming from a biblical point of view. I need people to understand this, that all biracial, you know, or whatever you are, whatever race you are, you know, God is not partial to any. So we, would, we shouldn't feel compelled to say I'm black or I'm white or I'm less or I'm more because of our blood mixed together. Because in Acts 17, 26, he says, and he made out of one man, and we know that was Adam, every nation of men to dwell on the entire surface of the earth. And he decreed the appointed times and set the limits of when men would dwell. So out of one man, there's many nations, meaning there's many nationalities many one so we shouldn't have this tug of war in our heads for those that are seeing this podcast and this talk show today that are biracial be encouraged through the scriptures because you don't have to tug of who you are we're all one one race and it's called human the human race wow Ooh. that is that is Okay, y'all, I hear some feedback, and I'm trying to figure out why I'm getting this feedback. Um, I don't I don't hear it now. Do you still hear it? I don't hear it now. Okay. It, I was, just, it. it was during the video, like when you blacked out your screen, mm-hmm. it went away. And then when you brought it in, that's why I thought you were maybe on two devices. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I don't know what happened. But it I, I, it was hard to un- I understood when she spoke up real loud, but I didn't understand everything. But they did have the caption going across there, right? So that, yeah, so that was good. Okay. Um, only point that I want to bring out, and I was trying to find it. <clears throat> I was trying to find it. It was a, it was um, when she mentioned the mono the mono um, the mono racial. I had my notes here and I, I, I shut it down. Uh, and I, I wanted to give I wanted to give the um the meaning of that, but you can plainly see in that video that that young lady is her team. She is struggling, she, she is hurting, man. She is hurting. And I mean she even compared it that that's this is the worst. When she had to come out, y'all know she said she had to come out. It wasn't nothing like this, you know. <clears throat> but this, this is this young lady. I hope she gets some. Um, yeah, I hope she gets some mental, some mental, um, some mental help because this is eating at her real bad. This is eating at her. And I all in my research, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to remember. Needs, my head. 
Yeah, she she needs some um she's gonna need some she's gonna need to talk with someone because I don't know how old she is, but what however however old she is, that's how that's what she's been living with, that's what she's been living with inside her for, for quite a while. Then what decide her what made her decide to bring it out? I don't know. I guess it was time. I guess what well, she time. was saying, she was saying that what made her start bringing it out was the fact that she was uh, raised up basically by, you know, this skin tone and she, her other side of the family, I, I, I want to think that her mother was, you know, with the black side of the family. Mm -hmm. and, and then she was catering more. She started feeling like she was being a racist. And so she, you know, because she catered more to the white side of her family, because her skin was white and she was raised up in a white environment. She didn't give support. So it just started eating away at her. You know what I'm saying? And she got to the point that she said, I didn't want to be black because she yeah, had yeah. the option to choose. Yeah, like caught it and um that she felt like um she was raised ra I guess she was raised to feel like being black was wrong and yeah. My gosh. And what? she didn't either. Did y'all did y'all catch that? If y'all yeah. if you did, please go back and watch it again. Um, I please. share. I'm gonna share it on the the Miss J Speaks page. Yeah. Because this young lady is hurting. Yeah. She's mixed, and it's two different things being mixed and biracial. And she's just and it's, and it's and it's a lot more of them hurting. You know, she ain't the only one that's hurting going through that. You know, the only one that's hurting exactly. And so, yeah. and I even pulled up how it affects children. <clears throat> I had found that how how being how ch biracial children be affected because uh, they get bullied, they get whispered at, they get pointed at. That, yeah, um, you remember she said that she said that she was being treated so mean by the black kids when she was coming up because, and that's the way it was with Queen too. Queen got yeah, treated yeah. by bad by the black slaves, and they even when they when they set the slaves free, she was trying to find places to eat, and they didn't even want to feed her because her skin was white, and she was raised up in Massa's house. You know what I'm saying? And so it was, you know, it's very, it's very touching, and it's you know when when we 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 live in this society, you guys, we have to be careful of how we treat people. Because everybody's going through something. Exactly. Everybody's going through something. That's why I said, get this book. Go on Amazon and get this book. When I was white, this young lady here told a story. She was at the age of 17 and discovered that she was not a white girl. Ooh. She, you know, all that time, you know, she, this is too much. You know, she said that, she said that. Sarah, at the age of, no, at, not 17, at the age of 27, at the age of 27, Sarah Valentine discovered that she was not the white girl she had always believed herself to be. She learned the truth of her paternity. Her father was a black man. She further realized that she would now have to reckon the truth that she was, in fact, a mixed race. Oh, my God. So she began the difficult, absorbing, journey of changing her identity from white to black. And so in this memoir is what she calls it. She illuminates the pain 
of shining out on painful family secrets, family secrets, mm -hmm. discusses how she overcame depression to, to come to terms with this identity. And perhaps most important, asks why her entire family and community had maintained her white identity for so long. So this book is like a very interesting book. Like, you know, look, it got her family and her on the back. And she was very serious. She put a lot into this memoir. She put a lot. And so you see that she right here, you know, she looked like a little black girl. You know, yeah. she had little hairs, got her natural curls in it. But the rest of the family members, you know, are very light-skinned with straight hair. But she didn't know. She thought she was, you know. You are not a biracial. You are a human race. We're all biracial. If you look back at our ancestors, if we all start going to our ancestors, you ever went to ancestor.com, you'll be surprised of what you will find in yours, Angela. You know, you wear your hair a certain way, you look like you Asian, you wear your hair another way, you look like you Indian. You got that look. You know, some people just got that look. Got the high cheekbones and eyes, you know, and there's and, and all those different races come out in us, you know, sometimes, you know, where we can see it, but we we're we're all mixed. But where but, but the point is, where do you fit in? Exactly. That's where do you fit in? And she said, why did you have to choose? Wow. Okay, that you're right. Why? Why? But obviously, it's a thing of belonging. It's a thing of feeling belonging to something. Look at that. And I think that's what she's missing. That she don't feel she belong. She's on this side. She's on that side. Where do I belong? In? So she is fighting. She's fighting that fight, boy. And whichever, but, but okay. This is what I want to know. Why can't not only her, but if somebody else that's struggling like this, this young lady is struggling. Oh, I feel when I first watched this, I I, I cried when I first watched this, Janet. Yeah, I I'm telling you, it was it was like I was like that through the whole thing, and when she cried, I cried because it, it was, was just so touching. That's why I sent it to you so late in the middle of the night. It was. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. she, this, this young lady is struggling. She's, struggling. she's struggling. but you she know feel what? her pain, huh? It's some more struggling just like that but don't want to come forward you see what i'm saying it's some more struggling just like that but she's really she's this young lady is hurting but what i don't understand help me help me understand this all right where did she get or who did she get the information from what started that feeling of her if i go on and accept i'm black that means I'm wrong. A society not going to set me. Everything about a black person is wrong. You know what I'm saying, right? Well, yeah, she, she mentioned it about the man that got killed. What was the young man that got killed by the police? She mentioned that. Yes. Yeah, she mentioned that. Mm -hmm. That's That was the trigger for her. You know, like, wait a minute. And why am I ignoring this? You know, it's like, it's like she felt like she had to, you know, acknowledge it. Why? Because you have black blood in you. You got black blood in you. You know, because she started talking about Black Lives Matter and how, you know, if you go to and look at her description under that video, she talks a lot about a lot of things. So that's why I encourage you guys to go and actually watch it. Miss J is going to post it 
and go and watch the entire video and then read the description of a lot of things that are very disturbing to her, this young lady. She's a human being and she's going through so many struggles because of her of her different origins, you know, are clamped together. It's and the way people, we got to be careful as family members too. I think the responsibility really lies on the family members. You know, when I gave my daughter's wedding, I gave it here at the house. And, uh, and her husband is, is Hispanic. Calliope is, his, is Hispanic and she's black. Uh -huh. And, uh, and my, my niece came, she said, you know, one thing about you, Auntie Jan, you always cater to your company. I said, why do you say that? She said, because half of the meal is, is sold and the other half is, 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 is Spanish. You know, I made the Mexican cornbread and all the other good, delicious stuff that I know because I took the time to see, you know, what do you like to eat? What are your favorite foods? You know, with my son-in-law. And so I knew what it's been. What do your mom like? Because all of them, they filled this house. It was just, uh, the house was beautiful too, gorgeous. I, I, my my sister-in-law in, -law in uh, Dallas, she came down and decorated it. And we, and we mixed everything, you know? And that made my daughter feel like, Yes, you know, and if, if when my when my granddaughter grows up and look back on that, she can say my grandma is impartial. She didn't make no difference, you know. She didn't. Kelly don't feel like she got a tug, and that's one thing about us, you know. With with her other grandmother and us, you know, regardless if we be around each other all the time, we still communicate like we're family. So she don't have to be pulled to the black or to the Hispanic part of her family. That's important. It starts in the family. So you know, do you think that, do you think um, this young lady was failed in some kind of way? That that who failed? That she was failed, this young lady. Do you think Yes, she, she definitely was. She definitely was failed in some type of way, in many ways. And she actually mentioned it in that. She started to feel like, you know, she was abandoning one more than the other. Why? Because the one was pulling her and you know, and then you know, put dropping those books. You know, no, this is what you are. You know what I'm saying? Look at your skin. I have one little niece that just came down from uh, Oregon. She's biracial as well, black and white. And I, you see them on. I have posted them on one of my reels. Then her and Kelly are dancing. Mm -hmm. And she said she looked at Kelly. She said, "You're black and I'm white." Why did she say that? So it starts at home. We have to be responsible, you know, for our youth. We have to be responsible for them because they are our future. So we want to make sure that we do all we can, you know what I'm saying, to incorporate positive things and impartiality in our children, whether they're biracial or not, that you're not of this race and you're not of that race, but you're of the human race because that's what really matters. Because the creator of the whole universe, and he was impartial. Mm -hmm. He was impartial. And so that means that he wasn't, he wasn't prejudiced. He didn't lean to the darker or to the lighter tone because really it was based on where you landed at, where your skin tone was, okay? Uh, we, we, if you really want to know, we, we, my, where I'm from, I'm, I'm from Egypt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they think I'm from Oregon. But we but we originate from Egypt. You know, we originate all the way back. You know, wow. it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. But there were so many uh, Caucasians that came from there. And like I see a lot of Africans that, are, that come from France and they look like they're black, but they speak. I'm in a biracial city. 
in Houston, Texas, you you stand here next to people and they look just like you, and then you won't understand a word they're saying. Really? I don't understand a word they're saying. They're speaking a whole different language. Don't even know where they're from, but they look just like me. Now, how do you label that? Yeah. Uh, where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? Man, it's the same thing with with, with uh, our Mexicans. Some of them look just like us, and yes, full blown Mexican, full blown. But yeah, full blown, just, just like us. You know, standing there talking, they've been talking, and be like, and they full blown, full blown. Some of them have afros. I've seen that. Sure have. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. So it's not about the way we look, and that's what it was based on. She was pulled by the way she looked. Since her skin was more pale, she didn't have a lot of melanin, melanin in her skin. So mm-hmm. she was pulled towards the white part of the family more so. And right, you know what I'm saying? They took more. And then, but when she got, when she was over to the black, they said, you black. You know what I'm saying? You're black. And then that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? That's not fair because she's black and she's white. Yeah, she, um, you know, and that's, but you want to teach them what society is going to do to them. So yeah, that's why yeah. you feel trapped and compelled to do that. You're like, I'm just letting you know that when you get in the real world, that this is what it's all about. I know I did. Um, I looked up the biracial marriages mm-hmm. and it's a lot of biracial, biracial marriages that be destroyed behind the picking and the teasing and you know they, some of them just buckle and just say you know what let's just separate whatever some of them do that and it's right and that's that's um heartbreaking because i guess it gets to the point where they just say look we just can't do we can't, i can't handle this no more yeah they, they just get tired of fighting they get tired of fighting and my daughter princess used to go out and i didn't even know it till she told me she said this day was she was scared at all the time they had waitress come to the table they catered to him before they catered to her she was just out the other day and they said oh that's such a beautiful little girl um uh who is her you know something about you know insinuating that princess wasn't her mom that's where it was my mother, too. My mother was that way. They'd say, those are not your kids because my mother was light-skinned and, you know, all that long hair. Like, Black people don't have long hair and we don't come in, you know, yellow. We come in all flavors. Oh it doesn't goodness. matter how you look. Exactly. When you cut, we all bleed red. It's, the, it's called the human race. Exactly. But the society oh, oh. go back. Is what is out there is even political. It goes deep. Yeah, it goes deep. You know, we hate to see it like that, you know, but it's still there. You know, racism exists. And it's and, and, and putting it in the mind of a biracial child, uh cho- making them forcing them to choose one side over the other, it's like, you know, that's that's gotta be cruel. Yeah, you know, I that's gotta be cruel. But there's help out there for those. That's what happened to me. Just being pulled in so many directions. She just didn't know what to go. And as she got, I guess she got grown, she decided she's going to come right out and talk about it. That's right. That's what she did. So what? And that's why this young lady came out with that book at 27 years old because she said, like, I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. I got to leave it. I gotta get that. Uh, I gotta get. That. Yes, you got to. You got to. I, got I stopped to. reading it because I want us to be on the same page when you do when we go to your book club with it. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do it. And it's just amazing. That's why I keep showing it. You know, I'm, this is not a paid promotion. I right, just want, right. I want those to benefit. Just, you see, you see the, the caption that's in front here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the caption is there for a reason, a reason. because that's what Miss J Speak Talk Show podcast is all about. It's about empowering. It's about encouraging. It's about enlightening, informational, healing, truth. That's right. Uh, nothing but truth. That's it. No falsification here. That's what it's all about. Brother, cut my tongue out my mouth before I tell you a lie. Woo, come on now. That's okay. why. I, that's why I had it up there because I want people to understand it. That's yes. exactly what this platform is about. That's, that's exactly. It's tough. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be some more tough topics that that's going to be touched on because we need to talk about it. And I know we talk about biracial. I know when people probably saw the flyer. There's some people out there that's dealing with. Oh, it. they 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 all. I know they're all over that. I just feel it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're struggling. Yeah. But, but they didn't want okay not to come forth and talk about what's going on and talk about your feel. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But you know, but we you know we we always ask for guests, and if guests don't you know come forward, we still talk about the subject. We still right. have conversation because we got to talk about it. We yes. got to talk That's about exactly. it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring the truth out and say this this oh, information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. opinions expressed on this show, she said, are for educational, informational purposes only, not intended for medical diagnosis or treatment. That's not what this is about. Please, Miss Jay, put this out there. Consult mm-hmm. with your doctors. So mm-hmm. we, nobody's telling you not to, you know, you know, just take this on your own. We're not telling you that, you know, we got all the answers. We're just putting it out there because we know, we, we just found out about it. We shared it with you because we want to encourage you. We want to empower you with what we just found. When I found it, I just want to share it. We want to enlighten you. We want to help you get to that healing point because nobody should feel like that young lady feel right there. Exactly. Nobody exactly. should feel like that. I don't care what's in your Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. I got to remove myself right quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Well, Ms. J is doing an excellent job. She's not feeling well. And yet she still, you know, understands the, uh, you know, the responsibility of her show. Because the show must go on. You know, she understands the responsibility of making sure that, you know, her viewers get the information that is needed. For whatever, you know, uh, whatever flyer she put out there about that topic, she's not reneging on it. And I truly appreciate it. And we appreciate you all's patience because she's really not feeling well. And she still wanted the show to go on so that she can, you know, possibly, that we can possibly help anyone that's going through these type of crises right now. And we know there's many people uh, going through that struggles of, of you know, feeling insecure, you know, feeling don't know where they fit in, you know, just feeling alienated, feeling alone, you know. And so you're not by yourself. They they have groups, you know, that you can join and talk with, you know, of situations just like any topic that we have on the show. Um, she's always going to plug you in somewhere where you can get, you know, that professionalism background, but the information 
that we produce here is information we have gathered and we want to share it with you all and hope that it benefits you and help you have a better day and give you some, you know, to give you something, some hope, you know, to, uh, to, to meditate on. I just thought it was just really awesome, you know, where do I fit in? Had people say, I'm too white to be black and I'm too black to be white. To, play the, to paint a clear picture, I have olive skin. Fluctuates during summer and winter. It's been a lifelong and confusing issue from personal standpoint, society and political correction. You know, it's just, it's really a very disturbing situation. Are you feeling better, sis? Well, we don't want to hold you on here too much longer. I told you my sister is not doing well, but she is very obligated. She's very responsible. You know, she wants to make sure that you all, her word is her bond, that you get what she promised you and you got it today. Even though she's not well, she knows her responsibility of a talk show host and podcast. And we just want to give her a hand, you know, for just being here today and not feeling well, okay? So we can't hear you. You're you're muted. I say I appreciate you too. <clears throat> Sorry, but no problem. Step away a little bit again. <clears throat> but we're gonna end it now. And it, it, you just gave some encouraging words uh, to the viewers and, <clears throat> and those that come and watch the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Janet, do you think we need to go ahead on and let what next weekend's um? topic going to be or just wait yeah i think that you know you can kind of give them heads up so they can start getting themselves prepared and say oh well, i know what's coming next week you know and just and get excited about it you know because there might be something that you really don't want to miss and you want to tell then that way it helps people prepare their schedule you know because everybody's working moving around going to school you know holidays coming up you know so it's a lot of things happening and the sooner that they get that out there the better they can, you know, work it in their schedule. If it's you possible. Tell them. You want to go, go ahead. ahead? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, next Saturday episode is going to be. Hold on. Because I want to see the title right. That's why I'm doing this. And I know that all you women out there or men, black or white, short or tall, exactly, big or small, is going to appreciate this. Hold on. Okay, here it is. The topic for next Saturday episode is You Are Enough. That's right. That's going to be the topic. You are enough. You Black, are white. You are enough. Big or small. It's, it's going to, exactly. It's going to. It's a whole. This is a whole. This got a whole upper. Uh, this is the umbrella for a lot of others. A lot of things. Exactly. But we want you to know 
the bottom line is gonna be and will be and should be you are enough that's gonna be for next saturday and i look forward to it seven o'clock eastern standard time on miss j speaks talk show and podcast and with that being said we are getting ready to sound off and i do apologize you know because y'all know i don't usually step away like that but i had to do it again I apologize about that. It's okay. Y'all have a good one. See y'all next Saturday. It depends on how I'm feeling. You know I have my take care of yourself Sunday segments every other Sunday. So I'm going to see how I'm feeling. You know, if if you don't see me come on tomorrow 4 o'clock, you know that's what's wrong. Miss Jay still not feeling good. All right? Y'all have a good one. Make sure y'all follow on social media. Make sure that y'all um, like, share, and follow. Don't forget yes. to subscribe Please. to the YouTube channel. We are very many. She has streamed in many places. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good one. Y'all have a good one.